having discovered the subreddit only a couple days ago, I figured I'd throw in a little story of a rather disturbing experience I, Mel, had when I was 15 to 16 years old. I must warn you, lest you be disappointed. Despite the nature of the title, this story isn't as crazy as you may expect. Granted, I was scared for my life back then and had gone into survival mode, which I guess is why I'm alive today. A bit of backstory, my family were expedites in the United Arab Emirates, UAE, back then. So I grew up in Abu Dhabi and went to school there. This is crucial to the story because anyone who has lived in the UAE will probably understand the prejudice I had to rely on in this story. As for those of you who never lived in the UAE or even heard of the place, I shall elaborate further on. Fortunately, I was able to find pictures from the mall where this happened. I'll be linking them to ensure you guys can properly visualize some of the locations as well as my moments in the mall. It was an early afternoon on a weekend. Some friends and I had decided we'd go hang out at the mall. As my luck would have it, I happened to arrive earlier than my friends and had to find a way to kill time while I waited. I figured I'd just walk around and do some window shopping. Being a town young lad, it wasn't like waiting around half an hour would do me any harm. Now, before I continue, I need to inform you. The mindset you are instilled with when living in the country like the UAE. When you saw Pakistanians in the UAE, especially dressed like this, you kind of accepted that they acted weird or would stare inappropriately without any self-awareness. You knew that they dressed that way. They probably had to come to UAE from the poorer parts of Pakistan, rural areas, and worked menial jobs. These Pakistani men of rural background also had a reputation for sexual misconduct. I don't mean to claim that Pakistanis are sexual deviants, merely that this socioeconomic group, who more often than not were single men living as guest workers in the UAE, were known to usually be involved in cases of sexual assault, especially involving young boys. There's actually a culture of grooming young boys in that region. I realize some people might call me prejudiced, but the UAE is very much a caste society. Taking such mental shortcuts based on how people dressed was easy because more often or not you would be right. So back to the mall. I took the escalator going up to the second floor. And as the escalator was going up, I see a group of five Pakistani men dressed in the garb. I mentioned earlier going down the escalator in the opposite direction. I don't think much of it at the first, but I couldn't help but notice that one of the men was staring at me. Mind you, he was staring in a zoned out sort of way. No, this was a very predatory stare. If anything, it seemed like he was sizing me up. My mind was initially flooded with the prejudices I mentioned earlier, and it made me uneasy. Bah, poppycock, I told myself. As I got to the top of the escalator, I figured I was being a paranoid dick. These guys were just checking out the mall, and they probably didn't have anything similar where they came from, and wanted to take in the sights. Boy, was I wrong. At the top of the second floor escalator, I turned left. The paranoid, cautious part of my brain made me turn my head to look down the escalator to see what those guys were doing. They were staring at me now, and were taking the escalator back up. Holy fuck. 
Okay, maybe they forgot to check out one of the stores, I reasoned. I mean, this was all happening in the mall in broad daylight. What the hell could they do to me? On the other hand, I was scared. But on the other hand, I felt that maybe I was being paranoid. The second and third floors of the mall looped around the building. So yours truly decided to pull some sick-ass Cold War spy techniques and walk around the balcony, admiring the view while keeping an eye on the group of men every time I turned the corner. At every corner, I took a quick glance, and at each instance I noticed they were still staring at me and following in my direction. At this point, I was desperate. I still doubted myself and thought that maybe I was reading too much into things. Then I got a light bulb moment. McGrady's is a bookstore franchise in the UAE. As luck would have it, there was one in this mall. I decided to try out Prejudice Experiment. Going by the comportment of these men and the way they were dressed, they did not strike me as avid readers, familiar with the likes of Bronte, Wilde, and Dumas, to name a few. Surely a bookstore would be the last place any of them would go unless they had nefarious intentions. And I went to the back of the store where I can keep an eye out for everyone who came in and out. The coast was clear at first. I breathed a sigh of relief before I could even form a coy smile in mockery of my irrational fear. To my horror, the men walked into the bookstore. Anyone who lived in the UAE would immediately recognize how strange it is for such people to enter such a store. Because of their rural backgrounds, they tend to have no education, and because they usually worked in menial jobs, there was no way in fuck that they were going to be a class of people who were about to spend money on books. Now, I knew I was being followed. As I watched, my fears were confirmed by the fact that these guys seemed to be more interested in finding someone behind the aisles, rather than an actual book on the shelves. These men were clearly not looking to finger through the pages of a good book, and I wasn't about to wait to find out what they planned to do with me if they found me. I zigzagged through the aisles, stopped like a hunchback, until I managed to go around them and exit the store. I took the escalator from earlier and went downstairs. I figured that if they would try anything, the entrance to the mall would be the safest place for me. Just as I'm going down the escalator, I see them come out of the store. We make eye contact, and they come in my direction. As I reach the bottom of the escalator, my friends come in through the main entrance. Fuck was I relieved. I finally felt safe. Funny enough, I didn't tell them what had just gone through. I'm not really sure why. Maybe I thought it wasn't worth it. In any case, we were about to have a meal. So we went up the same escalator that has figured so prominently in this nightmare. And what do I see? five men coming down the escalator. They see me in a group and I swear, I could tell by the looks in their eyes that they foiled their plan, whatever it was. I couldn't help but feel triumphant, and frankly, I hope it showed in my eyes. Every time I think back to that event, I can't help but laugh. I'm kind of proud of 15 or 16 year old me, for the whole bookstore tactic, but make no mistake, I was scared. If there's any lesson I can impart, it's the following. Trust your gut. Even if your gut makes prejudiced assumptions, you're better off feeling like a dick for a few moments after you realize you were wrong rather than being dead forever.
hopefully this belongs here. After losing a significant amount of weight, I regained my life. I started pursuing my dreams of being an editor slash writer, and this one client of mine had a friend. This friend, we'll call him Mason. My client invited me to this little get-together, and enjoying the confidence of my new body came with. I agree. It was just a group of friends, and this is where I met Mason. He was rather charming, good-looking, and honestly, probably the only person I ever did a double-take on. The night was young, and we were all just mingling and having a good time. The more time had passed, the more Mason would become clingy. It started off just with him sitting by me, and just making sure I was having a good time. Then it escalated into him offering me drinks, and not taking no when I told him that I was not an alcohol drinker. This alarmed me and I told my client about it, who then reassured me that in their culture, refusal is disrespectful. Not trying to get on bad terms with anyone, I decided that I'd take the drink and just baby it. Mason noticed and asked me what was wrong with the drink. I told him nothing and went on about mingling. Things became more strained because now Mason decided that my speaking to others in this group was aggravating him. He didn't like me talking to other males, and the women there who were dressed immodest, like he put it, would leave me waiting to do the same. I would like to point out, I came to this party alone, wasn't even interested in dating, and here's this man who already has called dibs. At this point, he became a nuance, and decided that I'd just ignore him. Worst mistake of my life. He became irate. He screamed and threw a tantrum like a toddler, wanting candy from the shop. He had demanded to speak to him or my job as my client editor would be over. He threw anything that was an arm's length and attempted to grab me, but I quickly moved out of his way. I had enough and was ready to go. I told my client goodbye and decided that I'd take an Uber to my sister's house, whose husband was a police officer. I'm glad I did. I found out Mason had followed my taxi ride and he came out of his car as I was approaching my sister's front door, as if nothing happened at the party and he wanted to talk and apologize for his little outburst. Luckily, my very tall and muscular brother opened the door just before Mason could try anything funny. My brother-in-law's very threatening demeanor was enough to scare him away. I didn't hear much from him after this encounter and I dropped my client. I later found out that my client was related to Mason and he had pulled this whole thing because I wasn't responding to his advances, and Mason just took it a bit far because he cares for his cousin. To Mason, let's not meet again, and to my ex-client, you disgust me. Felt like I should share another story of these creepy people I came across. Sorry if it's kinda jumbled. This was about two years ago. I work at a hair salon and a restaurant opened next to our store. The food was good and we would stop by there for lunch once in a while. Well, every now and then the dishwasher would come out from the back of the restaurant to watch us. Didn't bother us, just watching us. He always seemed kind of creepy to me from the get-go. Wore a big clear apron around himself, like a raincoat tarp, and just looked grimy. Hair and cap dirty mustache, really old. One day I went in by myself and was short on cash to get some extra chicken for my burrito, so I opted to not get it. I take my food and go back to the salon. 
All of a sudden, one of the other employees comes in the back and gives me a thing of chicken. The dishwasher guy came in and said he wanted you to have this. Um, great. I was kind of confused by this as the guy seemed strange. I didn't eat the chicken. Well, one day I'm walking back to my car and I noticed the cops around. Someone had gotten arrested in the parking lot, so I kind of take my time getting into the car. Well, who walks up to me but the dishwasher guy? He tries to strike up a conversation with me. Him. How are you? How was work? Why are the cops here? I've made my answers quick. The kicker. Are you seeing anyone? I reply yes, I'm in a relationship with my boyfriend. I quickly said goodnight and get in my car and leave. Figured it was the end, but nope. This is how our meetings went. He tried to talk to me, I'd get in my car. He'd made sure to take the trash out the same time I did. I used to acknowledge him, wave once or twice, try to be nice, but it got so repetitive. He tried to watch me in the restaurant like purposely walk out in the back. I didn't go as often, or would have someone else pick up my food. The big joke in the salon was my creepy boyfriend. We all joked about. We all knew he put me on edge, but he hadn't done anything bad yet, so I just started ignoring him. We would joke about him, while the dishwasher got even stranger. He started watching me work from the salon window after he'd take out the trash, just standing there. Thank God I have a male employee to walk me to my car at this point. And when that didn't work, I'd go to the coffee shop next door and have one of them walk me to the car. I was starting to get anxious about running into the guy, because I would randomly run into him. Dishwasher guy came in one day when I was off and seemed disappointed, but he got a haircut from one of the other stylists. Big joke I got returned to work was he was getting cleaned up for me. Um, no thanks. Well, the restaurant wasn't doing well at this point and the guy just spends his days watching me. The day before the restaurant closes, permanently might I add, dishwasher guy comes into the salon freaking out that he needs to talk to me. My coworkers basically tell him to get lost, she's busy. After that happened, the restaurant closed down, and I never saw the guy again. So, to the dishwasher guy, I hope I never see you staring in my salon ever again. There are many encounters I've had at Walmart, but this one encounter happened at a convention. My sister who passed away in October had an ex-husband. I will call him Todd for this. He is 6 feet tall while I'm 4 foot 9. I'm hardly intimidating, but due to who I know, I can scare creepers pretty well. But Todd, he's in a whole class of creepy. Now I don't know he had a dummy account on Facebook and I was talking to his friends about attending an anime con alone. My fiance, Rick, not his real name, but will show up later, backed out and said he'd come pick me up later for dinner. On the day of con, I was dropped off with my panel gear and was set to meet at the hotel with two friends, Danny and girlfriend Jade. They let me keep my stuff in the hotel room so I can enjoy the con, get my baggage and prepare for the two panels I was running. Japanese mythology and fandom pride. I was excited, but I also felt weirded out. I did not own a smartphone back then, or would have gotten texts from my sister. Apparently the messages I did not get informed me that Todd and his new girlfriend 
were at the convention and he was looking for me. So around 9pm, I finished my first panel and Jay treated me to some food. If you call going to 7-Eleven for hot dogs food, we were enjoying it in the lobby when Todd, who I didn't even recognize, came over. He was hanging on the side of a seat and he was drunk as hell. I asked what the hell he was doing there and he asked me why. I wasn't home minding my fiance like a good girlfriend. I was like a little surprised by that and went back to Jade and Danny's room to call Rick. Sure enough, Rick said he was coming to the hotel and wait in the room. We did and I heard something I never wanted to hear come from the hall. He has a knife. Danny looked out the door and saw Todd coming down the hall yelling for me. I went pale and went to hide in the bathroom. I felt sick. Danny closed and locked the door hoping Todd didn't see us. Todd was caught and it turned out he had a plastic knife. But it was so dim in the halls of the hotel, no one could tell that it was not piece tied with a day glow tag he had ripped off. He was banned from the con, thank goodness. Rick stayed with me all night when he arrived and helped me with the last panel. We decided to stop going to conventions for a year and my sister and mom opted to extend the no contact order onto Rick and I against Todd. We have not seen Todd in three years and we hope we never see him again. So Todd, get help and don't ever contact myself or my fiance again. I hope we never meet. This happened a few years ago, but I think about it all the time. My brother and I were at home alone. We smoked by our back door, which leads to our backyard. We live on a street, townhouses, so our row is the first row coming in from the parkway we're off of. So, one night around 1am, we're just standing and smoking and all of a sudden a bunch of cops silently come onto the street, our front yard at this time. Canine units and machine guns. It was very abrupt. My dog was a puppy around this time, well, maybe a year old, so he was going nuts seeing all these dogs outside, so we closed our windows and kept them inside. Meanwhile in the backyard, some cops are in some trees with flashlights and walking down the path that leads to and from everybody's backyards to our street. My brother and I are nosy, so we're faced to the doors watching lights and Mocha, our dog, is growling being a nuisance and an officer comes up and taps on our door. We open it slightly, because Pitbull type and an officer may not go over well, and he asks us if we've seen anyone in the backyard at all that night, and before I even get half the spit of my answer out, the other cop starts screaming, hey, put your hands out or I'll fucking shoot, start crawling on. And officer one runs off the deck and we slam the door shut, and run to the front. <laughs> The neighbor from two doors down, we are second and they are the fourth in the townhouses of five, was outside having a smoke and heard movement underneath her deck, and sure enough, the guy they were looking for. We asked the cops who were around after they took the backseat creeper away. What had he done to be so crazily looked for? He had apparently left his house arrest and the officer would not elaborate more. So to the weird guy who left his house arrest and somehow ended up my neighbor's deck, please, let's never have the pleasure of slightly meeting again, wherever you are. The 
This happened about two years ago. Sorry for any grammatical errors, I'm posting this from my toaster of a phone. I was hanging out with my friend Ivan at a bar in Manassas. It was around 9pm and we were just chatting and getting a few drinks. She was telling me about a guy she had been talking to on Tinder. She showed me his photos and a glimpse of their conversation. His name was Omar and he seemed like your average guy. He was pretty attractive. They've been talking for a few days now and haven't met up yet. She tried several times to get him to text her outside of the app, but he would give her the same excuse. I don't want to give up my number to a stranger I haven't met yet. It's a bit unusual, but totally understandable. So I told her that he's being smart. She was on looking at her phone for a few minutes, then squealed. Oh my god. I started giggling and asked her, Jesus, what was that? Did you send you a dick pic or something? She laughed. No, but Omar wants to meet. I told her to go for it, and if she wants, I can leave. She said he wants to come over to his house. I immediately said, oh, hell no. She seemed to agree and continued to respond to Omar. I was now hesitant of leaving because a part of me is scared that she would change her mind. I told her to tell him to meet her at the hookah bar across the street. She thought it would be weird to meet him with me, with her. I told her I'd head over there after and act like I don't know her and just sit across from her. She said, okay, left. It was now 10.20 and it's been about 15 minutes since she left. I proceeded to go across the street. I entered the hookah bar and after ordering my blueberry mint hookah, I looked around trying to find her. I saw her sitting at the table closest to the door across from Omar. I sat at the table across from them and started smiling from excitement because I found this whole thing so entertaining. I have a great view of her face and his back. Ivana seemed to be happy and laughing while talking to him. She was really cute. I got my hook gun and just sat there playing with my phone. I was texting my boyfriend and telling him what was going on. While I was mid-typing, I got a text from Ivana. Amy, I don't know about this. I looked up and saw her face. She seemed pretty uncomfortable. Being the nosiest friend that I was, I asked her what's wrong. She answered, he keeps asking me to come home with him. I smirked and responded, oh, he's trying to get some. She wasn't looking at her phone for a couple of minutes, and I saw her stand up. She smiled at him and headed towards the bathroom. She called me, Amy, I need to fucking leave now. The smile disappeared from my face and I started to worry. She seemed genuinely scared. Whoa, what's going on? He asked me like 10 times to come over and when I kept saying no, he laughed and said, don't make me kidnap you. He's probably joking, but I don't know. He's probably joking, but that's still creepy. Amy, what do I do? I was about to answer when I saw Omar get up and walk towards the bathroom. I thought he was just going to the men's room, but that's when shit got weird. He stopped right outside of the ladies' room and put his ear to it. Ivana, don't say anything else. He's right outside your door. At this point, I knew something is definitely wrong with this guy, and we need to get the hell out of here. He took his ear off the door and sat back down at the table. I reassured her that things were going to be okay because I was here, and that we'll leave soon. 
Ivana came out of the bathroom shortly after and sat down in her seat. After a couple more minutes of forced awkward conversation between them, it was time to leave. I saw them get up to pay and walk out the door. I got up to pay and left. I walked by the both of them standing at the front and just went straight to my car. I just watched them from my car making sure she's okay. I couldn't hear anything but from what I could tell, she seemed to be fake smiling and I think trying to leave. She pulled out her phone and I saw him snatch it. He held in the air laughing as she was trying to grab it back. He then started to walk backwards towards a blue car. I assumed it was his. She wasn't smiling anymore and her face was clearly upset. I rolled down my window to listen since now there are only a couple of cars in front of me. Stop playing around. Give me my phone back. Get in the car, Ivana. What? Fuck no. Give me my phone back. Get in the car now! I can see her crying now and all I could think was this had gone far enough. I jumped out of my car and called my boyfriend. I walked straight to them and with my boyfriend on speakerphone I yelled at him. Give her her fucking phone or get the fuck out of here. He seemed startled and asked who I was. Ivana was shaken up at this point, but all I could feel was rage. I'm her friend, and I've been here the whole time. My boyfriend is on his way, and if you don't give her her phone back and leave before he gets here, then I swear to God, you're going to be fucked. He handed her her phone back and started laughing. I was just joking around, Jesus. He got it in his car and left, and finally I calmed Ivana down and let her spend the night at my place. We thought about calling the police, but we saw that he deleted his Tinder. I was upset that my dumbass didn't bother to get his license. I'm not even sure if Omar was his real name. She told me that she paid for the hookah, so we didn't even have his credit card info. I've learned a lot of things from scary situations in my life. This taught me that unless you know someone very well, always meet in public, and it never hurts to have a friend close by. I was around the age of 13. I was staying at my friend's house for New Year's Eve. She lived out on a farm, so there weren't many houses around where she lived. We were sat on her bed talking, and I happened to notice her dog running into the darkness outside. He was barking, but I thought he must have been barking at a fox or something. I don't think anything of it until a few minutes later. I see him in the view again. He was growling, and then I saw what he was growling at. There was a woman trying to hit him and kick him. I told my friend that there was someone outside, and she thought I was joking. My friend turned around and realized that there actually was a woman out there. She ran out to her dad and told him about her. He ran to his room and came back out with his shotgun. It's safe to say me and my friend were scared, but didn't even seem like the type of man to own a gun. Her mom had heard the commotion and they both went outside to the woman. Keep in mind this was well past midnight in the country, so very scared to see a random woman outside attacking the dog. My friend's mom invited the woman inside because she seemed distressed. She offered her a glass of water and said she would call the police. The woman was saying not to call the cops and that her boyfriend was actually down the road and that they had gone into an argument and it had gone physical and she would be fine. Ryan grabbed his car keys and said that he would be back and he was just going to see if the boyfriend was still there. The woman told him that she would come but he said no. 
This is the scary part. As he was driving down the road, he saw a car that he was driving up to. Had a headlight shone on the bushes and there was a man that stood there trying to hide. Brian quickly turned around and drove back to the house. He told her that he was going to call the police and that she needed to stay inside until they arrived. At this point, he thought that she was a victim and felt sorry for the woman. She ended up just getting up and saying that she was fine and leaving, even though my friend's mom was trying to get her to stay put and wait for the cops. They came out and took a statement. They told Brian that there had been a lot of car thefts lately in this manner, where someone knocks late at night and gets the homeowner to help. But when he had have stopped and gotten out near the car, then he would have had it stolen. The cops searched around the area for a couple, but they didn't find them. As a 13-year-old, this was such a scary experience and just so unexpected. We still bring it up to each other now and we're in our 20s, just amazed that there's people out there with such malicious intent. So, creepy woman that appeared out of nowhere and scared the crap out of some little kids. Let's not meet again. <laughs>